0: Welcome back to Taking the Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and this morning we have two guests in our studio, two guests that you have heard in the past. Uh, for those listeners who have been listening to the podcast for a while, we've got Jim Martin from Cape Coral, Florida, and we have got Joe Angelo from Milford, Michigan, uh, two really close friends of mine and uh, fan favorites here for listeners on the podcast, and entrepreneurs who weathered the COVID crisis in two very different locations. Uh, Both Florida and Michigan were all over the news. Uh, Both states uh, had uh, completely different, I guess, uh, practices in terms of how the governors and local politicians were handling the COVID crisis. And I've been in both states with you guys here recently, and Florida's wide open for business, and we've got people from New York that are moving down. I've got a bunch of my friends that uh, had homes and residences in New York City, and they're like, okay, I'm out. I'm going to Miami. I'm going to uh, Palm Beach. Uh, Folks from uh, Michigan that I know that are, said, I'm out. Um, I need to move down, fun in the sun, uh, heading south. And I've also been back in Michigan to see friends and family. As a Michigan boy, I grew up in the Flint area, uh, went to high school there. And so I've got a lot of connections back in Flint. So I'm just kind of curious. I wanna, I wanna chat with you guys uh, both. Thank you for being here in the studio this morning. And I want to get a little bit of your insight on what's going on in our economy, uh, what you guys experienced over the last year, uh, how you managed through with your teams, with your business. Uh, and some of the things that you did, so uh, first of all jim welcome hey
1: thanks bob it 's good to be here in Knoxville with you in the office instead of doing it uh over the phone and stuff but uh um it's interesting to see because uh, we do have a lot of business up in Michigan and a lot in Florida. Mm-hmm. And to watch Florida be wide open, our governor um, likes freedom, mm-hmm. and he wanted the entrepreneurs that own small businesses uh, to be open for business. And, you know, we were locked down for, I think, six weeks total, really. That mm-hmm. that was very enforced. Um, after that, he's like, this is ridiculous. Um, he, he recently came out, signed executive orders that um, – you cannot he's not going to enforce any covid mandated laws like wearing masks or any of that stuff like that because he supports science mm-hmm. right but um so in that regards um our business our state that's been open has been great but at the same time there there's a media that still scares a lot of people mm-hmm. and honestly uh i like we cancel all of our tv <laughs> right like i uh we we just aren't TV watchers, but it seemed like everything um, just had to do with uh, how bad everything was. In reality, um, it's it's not that bad, right? Um, we do have a lot of business in Michigan. Those folks are still uh, deathly afraid. It mm-hmm. seems like some, mm-hmm. a lot of them are, anyways. Um, how we weathered it is, we went a lot of virtual uh, stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that that worked good. Um, it, it wasn't perfect, but it kept our business going. Um, Honestly, because uh, of of what we do, our our business sped up in some spots of the mm-hmm. country and, and yep. slowed down in other spots. Just for the fear factor right. of uh, the unknown, you know, it was a political year, um, COVID hit, all all that stuff. But uh, as an entrepreneur, we had to adapt and be flexible, you know. And I've always wanted to be proactive mm-hmm. and uh, keep my business going, right? Because right? if it's not moving forward, it's going backward. It yep. really never maintains. So. We just found other ways to, instead of meeting in person, um, it was a lot of virtual calls, Mm -hmm. a lot of phone calls, uh, a lot of sent videos and audios. But uh, overall, I think we weathered it good and and came out stronger for it because now we understand our business um, a little bit better in in ways that if something arises like this again... um, uh, we know we can weather it. Mm-hmm. Our business is inflation proof, and we know inflation is coming big time um, with everything that's gone on with the government printing money and stuff like that. So, um, I think we're we weathered it great. Um, uh, the office here in Knoxville has been superb. That's always been moving forward for our our, our business. Mm-hmm. So, me- mentally, um, I think we're in a great position to uh, continue to grow. It's going to. From the knowledge that we learned in the last year, I think it's going to be um, good for us to be able to expand it to other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So uh, overall, I know COVID was a big, um, big issue for a lot of people, mm-hmm. businesses, states. But if you looked if if you didn't do, um, if if you wanted to change and adapt, <laughs> you would. Mm-hmm. But so many people that I that I actually that I know. That have lost um, businesses, lost uh, unemployment. They don't want to change, mm-hmm. and it's, in reality, our our world's changing. And if we don't change with it, we're going to be left behind. So, right. an entrepreneur will always find a way to
0: gut it up, keep going, run for those goals, and overall win. Right. <laughs> well, it, it seems to me that the you know, the entrepreneurial DNA is all about uh, adapting and overcoming. You know, you've got we, pivoting on a pretty frequent basis, and you know. W- Entrepreneurship is not about you know living life in some type of stasis where everything's just uh, staying the same, but it's your we're in a constant state of change, a constant state of adaptation, uh, and and growing, and especially now. I mean, I think in economies in the past, you know, changes happened maybe at a, a less rapid pace, and right now, change is just you know abundant all around us, and it's the thing that I think most people are. Um, maybe discomforted in is the fact that change is so rapid right now that they can't, they can't adapt quick enough. Right. they just don't know what to do. And so, but you're absolutely right. Entrepreneurship is just like, look, this is when you sign up to be an entrepreneur, when you get in business, you've got to have thick skin and you've got to be like, all right, I'm going to adapt and overcome. So I got to see you uh, firsthand doing that down in Florida. And of course you've got business all across the country. Um, and it, it's interesting saying the approach that I think Florida and uh, officials down there had was a little more on the freedom side of hey we're gonna uh, live and let live we want to make sure that we're you know protecting people but we're gonna allow people and business owners to make. A decisions that's in the best interest of, of them and you know, the local communities. And uh, Joe, that seems to be a, a stark contrast from what you experienced uh, up there in Michigan. So living in Milford, Michigan, and as a Michigan boy uh, your entire life, tell me a little bit about uh, what you experienced this last year uh, during this this COVID crisis and how you
2: and your family kind of weathered it and how you handled it. Well, thanks, Bob, first of all, for having us on the Taking Leap podcast. This is always fun. And uh, the, your viewership's going through the roof. So it, that's exciting times for sure. Good job, bud. Hey, um, you know, Jim was talking about the Florida versus Michigan and Laura and I, my wife and I do spend a couple months a year, two to three months a year in Florida. So this last year we were in there and there's just a stark difference between the two states, right? So We spend most of our time in Michigan, and I just felt like, you know, it's cloudy in Michigan most of the time anyway Mm -hmm. compared to Florida. But I noticed that people's attitudes were even cloudier, you know, there were people were... Hunkered in their homes Depressed And all these things Were happening And business owners Don't like that I've seen business owners Mm -hmm. Just in their homes Not knowing what to do Like Jim said uh, People just watching TV And and getting caught up On all the negative But a true entrepreneur Man I'm telling you Gets out and says Listen we There's some things We can control And there's some things We can't Mm -hmm. And the way we Have the attitude uh, To handle this Is all all the difference In the world So Michigan What's cool is Michigan's starting To get it now People are starting To get out of Mm -hmm. their homes things are starting to open up a little bit Um, and then people are feeling better I think people's overall health is gonna be better because of it Um, and you could just learn from everything they've done in Florida that it's working the way they're doing it down there but uh, in Michigan right now entrepreneurs are coming if you're a true entrepreneur by heart you'll figure it out and you'll get out of that bunker and say listen let's go help as many people as we can you know
0: I remember about halfway through the um, 2020 And when Michigan was really in the news about, you know, businesses that were getting hammered, they were still shut down people couldn't, people were losing their businesses right and left. And generally speaking, people who are, have a high media profile tried to stay out of, you know, making comments. And one of the things that I found really interesting was Matt Stafford's wife. So Matt Stafford, the Detroit Lion quarterback, right, very popular figure there in, in Michigan, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and his wife has a huge following on Instagram and social media. And generally, she's taking pictures of you know her family and her husband and you know all the all that type of stuff. And I was shocked when she was sitting in her car, and um, I have uh, business friends up in Detroit. Who uh, know the Staffords pretty well and connected with them, so I know she's got her finger on the pulse of what's going on there in the local economy. And she had a video where she just, you know, basically went off on uh, the officials of in Michigan and the governor in Michigan, saying, "You don't know what your policies are doing. You're hurting businesses. People are losing their jobs. We need to, you know." open up and have a, a little more freedom here for entrepreneurs to be able to do their thing. It was probably one of the most well-thought and um, articulated uh, points that I had seen from a, a very kind of public uh, person, and it went viral, and then a, like within 24 hours, it got pulled down, right? And so I could tell if some someone had, went to her and be like, "Hey, um, you probably this is probably not going to play well in the media, and you don't want to put you and your husband in this type of spotlight." But it was interesting to see people like her who had a platform that were speaking out against it.
2: Um, what what else did you see? I mean. It, well, a lot of like people start doing things virtually and mm-hmm. they thought that was going to be the end all to everything that mm-hmm. we're just that's the way life
0: is going to be. We'll just live in our homes and we'll be able to connect virtually and everything's going to go on fine.
2: Yeah, well, you you we all know that the way you dress, I mean, think about when you're at home all the time, you're in shorts, maybe in a nice golf shirt mm-hmm. or you know, it it happens everywhere. But when you can dress up and get out and be uh professional that you're more pr- productive right so people were doing a lot of virtual things you had to that's fine mm-hmm. virtual i think virtual will still be around but just getting around shaking hands like mm-hmm. us being in an office here today just shaking people's hands and saying hi and mm-hmm. things like that, that's that's truly powerful um so we had to handle it. with We had to work with what we had, and that's what virtual was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think now as people get back into having meetings at coffee shops, having meetings at restaurants, having a hotel, whatever it is for your business, I think that's going to be everything, and it's going to be very vital to the success of entrepreneurs in the future. So, J- Jim, why don't you uh,
0: jump in here and – uh, maybe add add to that a little bit. I mean, we, we, you were talking earlier about the ability of entrepreneurs to to pivot and adapt and overcome. And I saw us as a country. Uh, we had a national lockdown. Um, and all of a sudden, Zoom meetings took off, virtual meetings took off. Um, businesses were figuring out how to you know leverage e-commerce more. Uh, you had, uh, companies trying to figure out, hey, how do we have our employees at home but still run and operate a business in, in geographically separated locations? And the, the thing that I saw was that there even universities universities went were like, hey, we're going to have all of our students at home and we're going to go and we're going to have uh, you know classes online. So the world moved into a virtual setting, and at the same time, people were trying to figure out, oh, how do we have connection? How do we still maintain relationships? And I think, although, I want to hear your opinion on this, right? So we, we, we pivoted into this virtual environment, virtual relationships. How did you, I mean, you used it to build, you continue to build your business and to thrive, but what did you notice in terms of the connection relationships?
1: They're not as strong, right? Like one of the books I'm reading, again, is Speed of Trust, mm-hmm. you know, by Stephen Covey. And trust is everything in business, right? If somebody doesn't trust you, so that face-to-face um, I mean, the alternative yeah, it was zoom, and you were somewhat face to face, but it just wasn't the same right like I think we're built for a community mm-hmm. um i mean i i look at um some churches that some churches they just um their their whole congregation just are still staying at home mm-hmm. almost um ours ours is packed through <laughs> th- th- three services mm-hmm. right, and it's because um the leadership that anybody is under. Um, is going to you know they' they're, they're going to model the way, and mm-hmm. our you know I look at our business um, our community people want to get back out right mm-hmm. they need that human connection um, so um, what i 'm getting at is i'm glad that we were mm-hmm. able to you know use use zoom hey that mm-hmm. was great, but um, nothing's going to beat looking right. somebody face to face you know giving them a good firm handshake yep. and they know that um, you're somebody worth following mm-hmm. right so I think um what what i'm teaching um folks in my business is um you need to read like crazy you need to prepare yourself because the economy's booming right now mm-hmm. and it's going to cycle again mm-hmm. right we we know that at some point it's going to cycle um but so you need to be setting goals and staying looking ahead all the time mm-hmm. right as an entrepreneur um i learned my, my first business that i owned was i was, I was 12 <laughs> yeah. i owned a paper route and i nice. say it's a business but you have to buy that paper yeah. out you got to yeah. pay for all your papers and go collect and i remember there there's days that i didn't want to go collect right and michigan storming or snowing what or whatever snow. yeah. yeah and knocking on doors you know you remember the the movie i want my two dollars better off dead well i was that guy i was that kid right and um uh, there was times I'd have to change it up, and mm-hmm. I think back that how did I adapt? Because there was always certain people that I could never collect from. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably worked a different shift, mm-hmm. right? In Michigan, there's three shifts. Yeah. So I would I, I scheduled it that I would collect on certain days at certain times, right? So um, like Thursday at four o'clock, I remember, and then Saturday before noon. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that, but if I wanted to do my paper route to thrive, mm-hmm. uh, I had to adapt. Um, so I took that into um, my, my, my plumbing company that I used to have uh, years ago, but then I also took it into this, mm-hmm. you know, uh, into what we do now today. And uh, without changing and adapting, you're going to be left behind because the world's going to change. But you also have to be mentally prepared for it, mm-hmm. you know. Um when people get into business, they think that it's going to be an overnight success, and it's not. Right? It's going to take work, and the work starts with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, our biggest, our biggest enemy and our biggest problem solver is ourselves. Mm-hmm. right? So we have to not only be able to think for ourselves, because I think that's um, – when, when it's taught to go to school, get good grades, get a safe, secure job – I meet a lot of people that that's all they they do. It's right. It's the same thing day in and day out. Um, When it's the same thing day in, day out, come home, watch TV, go to bed, get up, go to work. And they do that five and six days a week. People get used to that. Mm -hmm. But if they start to look at their, i say, look at their bank account for their biggest motivation, because where, where it's at right now, the way that inflation is coming, if you're making the same amount of money, and everything's going up, you're going backwards big mm-hmm. time. And yeah. if people don't realize that,
0: they're going to get caught, right? Yep. They're going to get caught in a squeeze. That's what basically what, what's happening right now.
1: Huge, right? And and a little bit of balance on this credit card, no big deal. A little bit of balance on this. Oh, this came up. All these different things that's going to accumulate. And it's like, I, I heard this years ago. How do you go bankrupt? Well, you went bankrupt five years ago. So it was super slow. Then all of a sudden, it just went very yep. fast. Mm-hmm. And... It, Preparation is everything, mm-hmm. right? So I think being prepared, um, as as I've learned in the last uh, you know twenty years of being in business for myself, there's three keys to wealth: long-term vision. Most people's long-term vision today is the next holiday. Right. The next weekend. The next weekend. Right. So they're not long-term vision to me is what is my life going to look like in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and it can't be based on economy today. Everything's going to change. um, But you have to have a plan. Delayed gratification says you have to prepare yourself. Right. Like I remember being in the, in the boys or Cub Scouts, right? Cub Scouts, I would think it was third grade and I'll never forget the model. Be prepared. And I carried that on through my whole life, right? So, what are you in third grade? What are you um, seven, eight, nine years old, or so? I'm 50 years old today, and I remember that. Be prepared. Um, so, long term vision: Where are you going to be in the next, you know, X amount of years, depending on your age? Delay gratification. You better learn some stuff, think for yourself, and be prepared. Why? Because the power of compounding is going to work for you or against you. That's the third key to wealth. And I think a lot of people is going to have the power of compounding hammering them within the next few years if they don't change something we are in the age of the entrepreneur you need to own something we hear all about this gig economy um and people are like what's the gig economy it's you have to have something else besides a a job Mm -hmm. i've been telling people um if technology can replace your job it's going to amen absolutely so if you don't own something outside of a job you're going to get squeezed, mm-hmm. and your long-term vision um, of your next weekend, you, yeah, you might be sitting at home doing nothing in a cardboard box, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So um, I don't think people's lifestyles are going to stay the same. People are going to thrive. If we get the word out, hey, be in the age of an entrepreneur and be an entrepreneur, yeah, you're going to take some shots. It's mm-hmm. going to be frustrating at times, but what's the alternative? Yeah, We can't let things happen to us because if we let things happen to us, um, it's a slippery slope of falling into socialism. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, I'm going to fight as hard as I can to not let that happen.
0: Well, that you've just laid out some brilliant points here. I love this. You know, the three keys um, – to, did you say it was the three keys to wealth? W- w- number one was long-term vision, number two was delayed gratification, and number three was uh, compounding either is gonna work for or against you. And yeah, that's that absolutely brilliant. And I see in the, my everyday life, as, as you were just you know, articulating here a second ago that so many people are just like, all right, when's, I'm looking for, forward to my beach trip, I'm looking forward to the weekend, right? So that's not long-term vision. Uh, definitely not, not having delayed gratification, you know, super excited about, oh, we got the new, you know, electric Hummer that's coming out. We've got this, we've got that, you know, people, it's just like, like, all right, well, if you can afford it, great. But if you're going to finance that for seven or eight years, right, it's just like, uh, there's a better way to invest that capital, right? Especially right now with uh, the way things are going. And then, of course, that leads into the compounding, either working for or against you. So, um uh, Absolutely brilliant statements there. But you know, going back to something I like to, for both you and Joe to highlight this: you were talking about the difference in the two states, whether Michigan and Florida, and how they were um, operating during COVID. And a lot of it goes back to leadership. And y- you mentioned that as as leaders, people follow leaders and the the pace, right? One of my favorite Maxwell quotes is, the speed of the leader is the speed of the team. And leadership matters, no matter what's going on in life, but especially during a crisis, especially during a season of of crisis and doubt. You you guys are leaders in your business. You're leaders in your community. What was – how did you navigate that? Because I saw both of you lead – uh, in a similar way, which was you decided to raise the bar of excellence in your life. You didn't allow this last year of COVID and crisis and uncertainty for you to lower standards and to lower the bar of excellence, but rather, and I've had conversations with you guys, you both of you raised the bar, which is really different from what I saw happen with a lot of people uh, a- around the country. Why was it so important for you to raise the bar of excellence in your life during a time of crisis?
1: Yeah, because well, we worked so hard for our business for the last eighteen years, and if we didn't raise the bar, it could have been it could have gone away, mm-hmm. right? I've seen businesses that have been business for years, if not decades, mm-hmm. iconic that, American companies, right? And their their leadership they they thought that they could handle it, and mm-hmm. they and they couldn't, right? So um, to me, there was no option. You know, um, I remember days because I had COVID back in the summer. I was doing three and four business meetings a day on Zoom. Yes, mm-hmm. on Zoom. But while I had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. I literally, I won't say crawl, but get to the computer, put a smile, put a you know, put a shirt on, mm-hmm. and do a meeting, go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, did I have to do that? In my mind, yeah, right. Being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, it, um, you got to do things when it's tough, mm-hmm. you know. And what I see today is mainstream America is soft. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have to get thicker skin, um, otherwise so, somebody's gonna. Somebody's going to be taking care of you, and mm-hmm. it's you know when someone else takes care of you, it's probably not the way you want to be taken care of. Yeah, you know, so uh, to me there was just no option, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't that I had to think about it. I just had to figure. I, I had to think about what I need to do to move forward, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I I I see too many people they, they think and then they think. And they think, and it gets analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. you know, and um, constipation of the brain, mm-hmm. little movement. <laughs> so when there's little movement, you can't be moving forward. Yeah, right. Um, you can slide down a slippery slope, but to me, I'd rather push uphill. You know, and I think this is the words that we need to get to our youth today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the the next generation that's coming up, these, you know, what they what they call millennials, and mm-hmm. what's the, what's the next generation after that?
0: Is it Gen Z? Yeah, millennials, and then I think or. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I thought yeah, Gen Z, yeah. <laughs> but
1: you know the—I'll say the 18 to you know 25 year mm-hmm. olds that are right now, and they're—they're they're smart in a way that they're looking for other ways to make money, mm-hmm. um, but they're not tough, you know. And um, I look at our kids. We have four kids that all uh, have always paid for the, their own stuff, right? Like, so I'll just use the, our son James that's at home now. He's 19. Um, he bought a car at 15, paid cash for it, his own money. Okay. Um, when he got a cell phone, he had to pay for a cell phone, pay for a service. He's always paid for his insurance. And we could have paid for all that. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes when he tells people that, um, they look at me and I'm like, pretty responsible. Mm-hmm. But mainstream America is our parents should take care of our kids. Well, that is taking care of our kids. It's yeah, teaching you're t- you're them, t- you're
0: them to be resilient, to be to be self reliant, to be able to take care of themselves. for sure. And all of our kids
1: that have moved out of the house, which is three of them, they're all thriving. They all have their own place. They all have their own careers. Um, they all have some of them have their own businesses. Um, so, I think uh, it's a tough love. Like nothing was ever given to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so why would I do something different, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We have to do what works and um, taking responsibility, accepting responsibility uh, to for our lives. I think that is that that that's what people need to be taught today. Mm-hmm. Not a handout, um, maybe a hand up. Yeah, mm-hmm. a hand up of you know tough love. Um, so when we moved to Florida, our older kids were up in Michigan, mm-hmm. right? And our, our our oldest son Michael wanted. Uh, me to co-sign mm-hmm. on a car for him because mm-hmm. he just sold his car that was already paid for. And I told him no. And he, he worked three miles away from the house. Uh, and he worked at, he had to be there at five 30 in the morning and he had to walk because I wouldn't buy him a car. I wouldn't, I wouldn't co-sign mm-hmm. and guess what? After three months of doing that, he saves enough money to buy a car,
0: you know? So he probably appreciated it an awful lot.
1: Oh, he, he did. He does now, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and now he drives a RT Challenger beautiful car. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember Dolores I pay cash for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 Dolores, I remember like, well, we, you know, it's it's gonna be tough on him. Like, yep, it is. Life's tough. It life's tough. And at five o'clock in the morning, this was the winter mm-hmm. in Michigan, snow, sleet, mm-hmm. freezing cold, to walk there. Um I, I know once in a while he might have caught a ride, mm-hmm. but most of the time he was walking. Yep. And now he appreciates it more. Mm-hmm. When there's a crisis, he, he comes to me and asks mm-hmm. asks ask for advice, mm-hmm. you know. And and I like that. So in the t- in the middle of it, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Today, now that he's uh, just turned 31 years old, he appreciates
0: it. Probably one of the the toughest, resilient 31 year old uh, men that you'll meet. Right? Yeah. 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 Joe, let me uh, get you into the conversation here. Uh, You and I have had a conversation on this recently, and I was asking you um, about what was it like, because you've been a police officer and a firefighter, and I said, Joe, tell me about leadership in both of those types of cultures and raising the bar of excellence in those cultures, because there are, um, it strikes me as your life is on the line. In both of those environments, firefighter, police officer, and that if uh, there is uh, somebody on your team or in that environment where they are not maintaining a high standard of excellence. Now, we've seen, you know, in the, in the news recently, um, police officers who have not had a high bar of excellence, and what happens, right, when there's a wrong culture or a low bar of excellence and how dangerous and how, you know, uh, devastating that can be. Um, but I asked you, I said, you know, th- this is a culture that probably self-polices itself because lives are on the line. And th- tell me a little bit about, what you know, your experience in those environments and, and maintaining a high standard of excellence you know, character, integrity, professionalism, service to the community, and what happens if someone's not maintaining that. And, you know, we we said, I asked you, how does that translate over into the business world? Because in business, lives are on the line as well. You have employment, you've got people whose lives count on these jobs. And shouldn't we maintain a high standard of excellence and professionalism in the business community and the entrepreneurship community, because it's just as important? For
2: sure. You know, I do remember that conversation. I'm looking at my notes here, actually. I was, I was going to actually write a talk on this. And, and back for years, I was a reserve police officer in Milford. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get paid or anything. And and you went to the police academy. You you were partnering up with a full-time police officer. Mm-hmm. And they counted on you. These Some of these guys, if you didn't have your... Um, stuff together, so to mm-hmm. speak, yep. they didn't even want you to ride with them. Like They would come in and they would actually, if a reserve officer was ready to go and they didn't like you, they would just stink and leave. They would leave and go on the road and They'd leave you. going would be like, no, yeah. I'm not riding with this with nah. this
0: bum. I'm just, I'd rather be yeah. by myself than have this guy in my car who's going to exactly. end up being a liability for me. They've got to they gotta babysit you. Right. That,
2: that never just so it didn't, knows yeah, that yeah, that never didn't happen to me. you.
0: Yeah, because you're 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 you're, a, you're a, a professional and a man of high character and excellence and all that you do.
2: I saw Bob. I saw it happen though. Yeah. So these guys are out there; their lives are on the line. There's no right. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so your partner, you have to count on, right? So yeah. in law enforcement, it's like that. Especially nowadays, it's just so unbelievable what's happened in law enforcement. But there's no slackers. You can't have a slacker if something's going down and someone's um, being arrested or whatever the case may be um you got to count on your partner you got to count count on your backup same thing with the fire service i was a volunteer firefighter for 11 years almost Mm -hmm. and the same thing so when you go into a fire you go into a say a house is burning i mean you got four guys the first four guys are gonna Mm -hmm. be there you're everybody's doing a different job if the one guy does not get you water the guy that goes right on the engineer's panel and if he can't get you water from that 1,000 gallons that mm-hmm. it's in that fire truck to the guy that's in the front door getting ready to go in, mm-hmm. that guy going in the front door is going to burn. Mm-hmm. He's going to die. Mm-hmm. And so you have to count on each other. And what I found out even in the fire service is that um, uh, you have to depend on other people. But you, you're you with them training. You're with them doing all these different things to make sure that you know who you're with, right? Mm-hmm. So being a professional and those uh, uh, as a firefighter and a law enforcement that's If you apply that same thing to business, like we're in business together. You know, we're friends, but we're in business together. I know I can count on you two for anything, right? And I can know a lot of other partners that we have out in the business world and different businesses and everything. So if we do the same thing um, in business, so if you do the same thing in business, count on the people you're doing business with, uh, and that all goes back to personal development. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to training for law enforcement. goes back to training... In the fire service, but here in entrepreneurship training is being a better you, right? Uh, being people, somebody you want to be around with. Like mm-hmm. back in the, the reserve days, I think I was kind of fun in a police car, you know, but some people maybe weren't, <laughs> you, know, you know? So they wanted to be around you. So it's yeah. a whole relationship right. and, and everything. So.
0: Well, you know, it, it strikes me as I've watched cultures and environments. And maintaining a high standard of excellence um, in those environments is just as important as it would be for a police force, uh, a a firefighting force, uh, in the military. And, you know, as I said, you know, earlier, lives are on the line. Families, you know, livelihoods are on the line. And if you've got an individual who's not carrying their weight, is not dependable, uh, has basically checked out, uh, maybe somebody who's causing drama, you know, it's – Sometimes in the past, I think people are like well we'll, we'll fi- let's figure out how we can work with this individual i've I've heard other, you know CEOs of other companies that had you know high performing uh people on their uh, on their staff' They're just like i just I had to you know remove this individual because it was detrimental to the team. They were not maintaining uh standards of excellence and it was hurting the, the entire performance of the team and so I think it's extremely important for leaders. Uh, no matter what profession that you're in, to m- make it very clear for people uh, what is the standard of excellence that this organization uh, expects. And this is what we all going to measure up to. Uh, this is what's required of all of us. And the leader has to lead from the front. The, the, the lead, a leader cannot expect uh, his or her staff and their people to maintain a standard of excellence that is higher than the leader. Whatever you, what, the, the, whatever standard of excellence you have as a leader, rest assured your people are going to be that, or maybe a step or two behind you, right? Yep. And so it just go. It goes back to how important leadership is, uh, setting that tone, setting that culture, maintaining that high bar of excellence, um, and then you know I think being very dedicated in 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 managing those folks and if there's someone on your team that's not performing uh you owe it to the entire team to either have a, a conversation with that individual and say you know what you, ne- you need to measure up or that person's got to get removed and just there's just too much on the line um and i think that we're probably uh going to be seeing uh some some more of that, specifically in, in law enforcement agencies. You're hearing a lot of talk, right, about how do we main, measure and make sure uh, standards of excellence across the country are, are maintained at a very, very high level. Because we've seen you have one bad, bad apple, you have one person who um, is not doing their job correctly, and it
2: can paint the entire organization a bad light. And no doubt, you know another thing I just thought of, Bob, too, is you ever notice a, f- a fire truck or a fire engine? They're always clean. Mm-hmm. They're always taken care of. Mm-hmm. They're always actually. You and I were driving yesterday, and we, I saw a couple of fire trucks. And it was raining here mm-hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm, I told Bob, I said those fire trucks are out on something or just mm-hmm. coming back from something because they just don't take them out in the rain. They just don't go cruising around <laughs> yeah. the, the speedway, and you know that's not what happens. They're you know million dollar trucks. So proud fire departments. From their leadership, take mm-hmm. care of their equipment. I've seen mm-hmm. fire departments that their trucks are dusty inside their bay, you know, in, where they they store them. But I've seen other fire departments that they clean them every day. Mm-hmm. There's not a speck of dust on them, right? So they're taking care of Mm -hmm. the things that's going to save their lives, right? And the same thing in business. If we take care of the people we're in business with, help them, and uh, give them the tools needed for them to be successful, you surround yourself with successful people, you're going to just ultimately become more successful yourself. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, uh, speaking of... Our time together here in in Knoxville uh, yesterday one of the things that we got to do is uh, we went down to Garland Mountain for a sporting clay competition And uh, so we took a a group of us guys, went down there, and it was for a charity fundraiser for Thrive Coffee, who is a a big partner of ours, and we're super proud to support them. And, of course, there were companies from all across the the southeast that were there uh, supporting, but it was a great day to just kind of get out in nature, beautiful spot, and I think it's northwest Georgia. Uh, Probably one of the nicest sporting clay venues I've ever been to, and you know we were there from early morning until in the afternoon, uh, a long day of shooting and just having fun. You know, Jim, to your point, it was you know guys getting together, being able to uh, talk face to face, even though we've been communicating over this last year, Zooms and emails and all kind of stuff. But it was great to be in person. But it was also great uh, as business leaders who, you know, we've had our heads down, just grinding it out, working really hard. And entrepreneurs love that. Entrepreneurs love the grind. Entrepreneurs love their work. And I, I can be a little bit predisposed to be maybe a workaholic, right? Like, because I just love what I do. And so it's easy for me to just be all in all the time. And it's it reminded me yesterday how important it is to be able to hit the pause button and have some time away uh, specifically just to to build relationships to have conversations to drive and to to do something fun to allow your mind to engage at a different level uh tell me a little bit about what you guys have done over this last year to do that what maybe with um your leadership teams that you're leading uh why is it why do you feel that's so important to have Times like that, and activities like that, where um, whether it's a, go- a golf outing
2: or sporting clays, but you know, people kind of getting together and just building relationship. Well, you know, it's so funny. Like yesterday we turned everything off well we kind of had to there's no cell signal where we were at we were in the mountains and and uh we didn't want to use our phones or anything but what was the funniest thing is last night i felt like i was really behind on everything mm-hmm. but by the time i got here to the office this morning i was mm-hmm. caught up on everything yep. so nothing the, the world didn't change anything like that and what was really good about that is i felt like i was refreshed we were out in the beautiful area out there just the clean air and everything and um when we had fun we become closer than we are even now but that's the same thing we could do with our entrepreneur partners right Mm -hmm. and people love to have fun in general Mm -hmm. I mean people are naturally want to have fun Uh, we do get hung up in the day to day we can grind and everything like that but man it's just a lot of fun and I love seeing other people have fun too Mm -hmm. and you know it's the whole thing uh, the more people laugh the healthier it is for you anyway and so when you're having some fun life goes on you still have to be productive you still have to take care of your business and that, but you know what? Business, especially most uh, business out there, we're in a business of people. No matter what mm-hmm. business you're in, it's people. So I'm looking forward to a lot of these with a lot of our business partners doing things like that and having fun. Uh, but it really makes your community better. So that fire truck I was talking about mm-hmm. looks all clean out there. Mm-hmm. And so is your community of mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, Jim. One
0: of the things that people. Uh, Mention about you and your wife Dolores is that you guys are just incredible relationship builders, right? It's like it's probably if I if I were to try to pick um, a a superpower that you have or maybe a secret sauce of your entrepreneurial journey, it's it's your ability to uh, build relationships, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable how regardless of a person's uh, background, their age, their demographic—you have a way of connecting and building relationship, and you know that's what we were doing yesterday. We were, it's um, business is all about relationships, and so we are out there. Whether you're out at a sporting place, whether you're out on the golf course, whether one of the things that I, I see that you love to do in Florida is you take people out on your boat and you go deep sea fishing and you go out fishing in, in the you know off the coast, and so. Tell me a little bit about how you have leveraged those types of activities in terms of building relationships.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, building relationships does not come naturally for me, right? Like, really, I, I would not have guessed that. I mean, it seems like it's like just par for the course for you. It's it's not. I'm honestly, I'm I'm more introverted than most people know. Okay, right? I I if if I go. I used to anyways I, if I went someplace I didn't know anybody I'd be sitting at the table by myself having a good time <laughs> right yeah. Dolores, now she's totally opposite right? right she she loves people loves to be around them not that I don't love people right. it's just it was uncomfortable for me right um uh, a book that I Dolores and I actually just recently went through was DNA of relationships by Gary Smalley okay you know so I have to, I forget more than I know so I got to be reminded mm-hmm. um, so yes I I and, and it is easier to do things with people that, you know, you like to do, right? Like you just said, yeah, well, a couple times a year, we have people come down and, um, uh, they run for, uh, run, run for a goal. If they hit the goal, they come down to Florida and we go out, um, shark fishing or grouper fishing, or just go, mm-hmm. if they don't like fishing, just go out on the boat for the day. And it, it's awesome. We usually have a couple national conventions mm-hmm. a year, and we had one last year that was limited in mm-hmm. space and stuff. It wasn't the same. It was good to be around people, right. but um, but I, I, do, I do understand, um, and it goes back to the book Speed of Trust, mm-hmm. right? Without the relationship, people don't trust you. And if they don't trust you, they're not going to give it their all. Mm-hmm. And if they don't give it their all, they're actually hurting themselves, and they don't know it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's one of those unconscious, competent things that um, Dolores says that I do. And it's, I, I like to get to know people, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, that was uncomfortable for me, but I do like to ask questions and listen. And I think um, one thing that I do see a lot of people do is they ask a question and then they want to put their input and okay. it, it's better to listen, listen twice as much as we speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be hard, but nobody likes that, you know, Timmy Topper or the story, mm-hmm. but you know what? Everybody likes to be heard. And it's amazing that I just—I'm just thinking of some of the people that I've recently met within the last three months, and I—I haven't talked to them a lot, mm-hmm. but I've listened to them a lot. They—they—they feel—they um, feel loved, mm-hmm. right? For, this is the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for, and when they do that then they're going to listen to what you suggest, right? Because we're all entrepreneurs in our business. Mm-hmm. So it's a volunteer army, right? Like starting your own business, you're, you're starting your own business on your own. And you only make money if you succeed. And our whole job is to help people succeed, right? Mm-hmm. In, in any business, you want your business partners to succeed because it helps the overall business. And without the relationship, without – them knowing that if, if you suggest something it's actually for their benefit, not yours, mm-hmm. then they'll do it. But if if some people feel that you're suggesting things for your gain, not theirs, they're gonna do it. So there's no trust, no relationship, right. and then the business relationship gets severed. And it's a cycle I see some people in a lot that why why can't I move forward? It's because you're not changing. Mm-hmm. You know, and um I don't I don't know how many books in our library that I have on relationships, but I I bet you it's well over 30, 35 books just mm. on relationships. Wow. You know, outside of the business, outside of marriage, outside of, you know, <laughs> right. all that leadership and all that stuff. But I think um I think it's a big deal that people understand that you got to open up. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of hey, we want to get back out, you know, shaking hands and giving people hugs and telling them that we're with them, right? Mm. Um, I, I won't say that we, it's because we weathered the storm. Um, uh, it's not, uh, it, it's more, you know, like they, they say, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. <laughs> mm. Oh, I love that. You know, so when the storm hit in business, mm-hmm. you just got to change your clothing right? you mm-hmm. got to change the way you're doing things. And if you have relationships, those people are going to change with you faster. Without the relationships, they don't, they don't, they don't change. They fade away. And if people fade away, then you 're starting over and you 're cycling your business mm-hmm. and this is why you know business like to hire businesses like to hire people that have experience so they don't have to do as much training mm-hmm. well i don 't like to do as much training either <laughs> right as man i 'd love to uh, I want duplication I want mm-hmm. that power compounding work in for the positive mm-hmm. in, in our business, and that's why um through this whole thing, like last year, um, you know, COVID and all that stuff, that was, you know, uh, affected the nation. But as you know, I had a herniated disc. I had pinched nerves. I had all kinds of pain that I went mm. through last year. Most people don't even know it. And I'm, I'm good with that. I don't want them to know it. And they might be going, oh, you're saying it now. Well, it's, I'm, I'm done with it, right? Mm. I had back surgery in November, and I woke up, I've healed right Mm -hmm. like literally my doctor told me he's like it's gonna take six eight weeks for that nerve to calm down Mm -hmm. instantly when i woke up it was gone i knew the surgery worked wow um so you know it's i don't know it's like being a duck on water right Mm -hmm. everything looks good on the on the surface but inside you're grinding right and i love i love the grind also but i also love hey that we could take time like yesterday go shooting have some fun um So and then yeah, I found out the world didn't uh, fall apart when Jim Martin wasn't
0: (laughs) wasn't working. That's right. You know, a second ago you mentioned about when as you're building relationships in in business, it's key that people are realizing that you're 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 building relationships and you're uh, helping folks, and it's for their benefit first before it's for your benefit. And when you have things in the proper order, how it can make such a huge difference, right? And it strikes me that I think we've all had those experiences where we've been uh, in business, where we've walked into a business where we didn't feel like our interests were uh, number one, but like there is a sales guy that was trying to, you know, push his agenda, his or her agenda, you know, on it's not, And probably the one that we've all had has been, you know, that whether, you know, car shopping or used the used car salesman, right? And I've, um, had some experiences where I've literally walked out of a showroom and be like, this guy does not care at all about me. He's just wanting to you know, hit his end-of-month quota. I literally had a guy here in, in Knoxville a, a couple of years ago. I was at car shopping, and I had just walked, gone into a showroom looking at a vehicle. He called me back. And it, he he never mentioned anything about the the things that I was looking for in a vehicle, what I wanted. He was like, "Hey, um, the end of month is tonight at you know yeah. m- midnight, and I've got to." He literally said this, "I've got to hit my quota." And if you like that you know particular vehicle, I've got it here. Can you come in? Do you think you can come in before close of business? And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself you've gotta be the worst salesman in the entire world. You're talking about you. You're talking about what you need. You Not not once are you talking about, well, hey, did you like this particular vehicle? How can I help you? It was just about me, 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 me. I was like, I thought, I w- number one, I'll never buy a vehicle from you. And I'm also not going back to that dealership because it, was, it signaled to me that that dealership had not done a good job of teaching and training. It's like, I don't want anything to do with that type of culture. So, um, In life, you mean. So you you highlighted this about how important it is for for people to understand that you are for them, that you are seeking to serve them, that you're seeking to help them. This is what you and Dolores do so very well um, that you're putting their needs, their goals first. And you guys intuitively know that as you serve more people, as you help more people, that you yourself will be able to hit your goals and, and, and so forth. How, help me contextualize you know, a practical application for people who are out there, maybe you know, new entrepreneurs, and needing to understand this very, very important piece, because I think this is one of the things that you are absolutely world-class at.
1: Yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. It is uh, sincerely wanting to get to know them right because it can be surface. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, you've, you we've all heard the come early stay late. Well, I've seen people come exactly on time and be the first to leave. Mm-hmm. And that that just says that it's all about me. My time's more precious than yours. Mm-hmm. So, I learned this acronym um, a long time ago, right? When I was probably from one of the books that I've read. It's called FORUM, right? And it stands for family, occupation, recreation and motivation. So, I ask questions to, to people Fam- yeah, family, f- family, occupation, recreation, and motivation. So I'll say, you know, if I was just getting to know you, Bob, um, I would say, you know, are are you married? Yeah, I've been married 13 years. Oh, do you have any kids? Yeah. Yeah, i got kids. Uh, how many? What's their ages? You know, do they play sports? And those few questions just about family might mean 15 minutes of just mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. You know, because people love to talk about things that are important to them. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for a living, Bob? Oh, I'm I'm CEO, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, and where do you see that taking in the next five, 10 years? So what it's doing for me is twofold. I'm getting to know the person, Mm -hmm. but I'm also building a case of how I'm going to relate our business on how it can fit into their lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and because what we do, everybody already does, Mm -hmm. you know? So I want them to see the, not only the simplicity of it, but how it could benefit them, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, recreation, what do you and your family like to do for fun? Oh, we like to travel. We like to camp. Oh, where do you like to go camping? Well, you know, Higgin Lake State Park. What do you do up there? All of that Mm -hmm. is, it's sincere. Yeah. Um, I've met (laughs) tens of thousands of people in the last, you know, 20 years. So, I'm knowledgeable on stuff that I never would have been knowledgeable about. Mm. So then I can actually ask right questions about what they do, right? So they, it, it's, it's all about relating to them. Because if you can't relate to people, mm-hmm. you don't build a relationship. If you don't build a relationship, there's no trust, Then your business is gone. This right here is probably the number one biggest thing that I see people fail at miserably. Because, well, I, I hear comments like, well, I don't be people's babysitter. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't need any more friends. Okay, well, then keep your job. Yeah. And yeah. don't ask for any help, yeah. right? Like you have to, and people's lives can get ma- messy, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like we are problem solvers as entrepreneurs, and um, not problems push awayers, mm-hmm. right? Because if there's a problem in somebody's life, well, don't talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're not truly my friend, mm-hmm. you know. And if you're not truly my friend, I don't trust you anymore, mm-hmm. and it's it's all about you, you know. Um. So I think just asking those questions. And, uh, and I recently heard this. Um, uh, Cody Newton had an audio come out, and he talks about, hey, what motivates you? Mm-hmm. you know, and that's the last one, motivation. Because people's motivation, the first three things are very important to them, right? Their family, their occupation, how, how, what they have fun doing, recreation. But there's something that motivates them to do that, right? And whatever that is, that is going to be the reason for getting into business, owning your own business, right? Owning the, I think the American dream is not to have a safe, secure job because there is no such thing as a safe, secure job,
0: right? There is, what's safe- If, most, if I could just interject there, if most employees in America realized how- Insecure, their job really was the conversations that go on in a boardroom behind the scenes, where they're like, "Hey, should we shut this plant down? Should we move this plant to Mexico? Should we move this to Canada? You know, what? How many people should we lay off? If they really understood how insecure their jobs really were, people would be terrified. They think, I mean, you had iconic companies that have been around for a, a hundred years. That went out of business this last year, where people were like, "There's no way this company is going to go under." But you're you are absolutely spot on. Well, me being from Detroit, right, uh, originally, mm-hmm. um, in a, I'm
1: trying to think of the the time frame. Like, let's just say the um, 2004, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, GM, Mm -hmm. Chrysler, uh, they they were moving their plants out of the country, right? In the last four years, they were bringing jobs back. I seen a news flash come across my phone last week that GM's looking to invest a billion dollars in Mexico to move a a facility down there. So, yeah. So how many jobs is that that'll be lost, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember you talking not long ago about cashiers. There's technology out there that's going to replace the three and a half million cashiers across our country. So what are those three and a half million people going to do? right? Um, they need to own something. Yep. <laughs> and and that, that something is, a, is a biz, you know some kind of business that is going to be inflation proof that you can do, um, that can have, hey, where do I want you know long-term mm-hmm. vision? Where do I want to be? Delay of gravitation. You've got to learn some stuff mm-hmm. so you can have that power of compounding going for you. But anyways, uh, that was a long-winded um, answer to your question. But those things, getting to know people, um, that's where you start to build right. a bond. And, you know, when I see people after I met them the first time, I remember their names. Mm-hmm. That's very important because then, oh, man, this guy. Man, this guy knows my name. Yeah, he knows my name. And I ask him about their kids. Right. Right. Like, what is, you know, he's asking about my kids. You know, how's the job going? It's not, what can you do for me? How's your business going? You know, uh, I think that is one thing that, um, and, and people, man, I'm just, I'm thinking of names of people down in, uh, in Florida that I'm very close with that they deal with people all day at their mm-hmm. job. So they want to shut it off at night. Well, if you shut it off at night, you're going to be dealing with people all day at your job for the rest yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, Dolores and my life. That is so spot on. Dolores and my life, we got unbalanced for about 18 months. That was it. Mm-hmm. That was 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. That, then we've been full-time entrepreneurs since yeah. then. You know, um, did we miss some things? Yes. But did we gain a million-fold? Absolutely. Mm-hmm right the the time that we've traveled with our kids right so we homeschooled our two youngest kids and we'd be able to so what motivates me is i love trips mm-hmm. right so we would literally there was times that we got in the car um, our kids studied uh, the civil war mm-hmm. That summer, uh, we got in the car and went to—actually, no, we went the beginning of fall. So we, we ended up in Gettysburg on Labor Day. When everybody was leaving, mm-hmm. we were just getting there, start our two weeks to go travel all the battlefields oh, wow. of the Civil War. That's awesome. Right? Um, a year after that, we went out. Um, Madison uh, learned all about cliff-dwelling Indians in Colorado. So we went to Cortez, Colorado. Went walked all the court uh, the the cliff dwellings learned all about that spent uh, ten days out in Colorado. It's one of the best trips that we mm-hmm. still talk about. Mm-hmm. You know our our, our car our, it was in August and our car uh, uh, air conditioner broke down. Oh no! <laughs> right? So here we are in this hot H two Hummer, all the windows drowned, <laughs> driving you know sixteen hundred miles. Oh my gosh! But <laughs> it was still one of the best times, right? Yeah. Um, so the motivation of uh, of all that. Um, that's what's going to have you push past all those trying times, the mm-hmm. problems that's going to arise, um, the discomfort in your life. You're going to have it anyways. Right. You might as well as own it when it happens to you instead of letting somebody else bring that
0: discomfort into your life. Right. F- such words of wisdom there and you know for people who are listening going back to what we what started this thread in the conversation was talking about building relationships and understanding people and the, and the, no matter what type of business that you're in if you follow this form, asking questions, building relationship, family occupation, recreation motivation, it, th- th- this is the basic building block for any business, right? And I'm thinking in my mind of local establishments or businesses that I like to support where I know people that are there. And it's like, I walk in the front door and they know who I am. Or, and they take an a, a extra time to like ask me questions. How can I serve you? How can I help you? What's going on? I was like, I love going to places like that, right? Where I feel like my needs are being met and there's like a real connection, a real relationship. So for entrepreneurs that are listening, um, regardless of what business that you're in, what Jim just shared is a basic tenant and building block for success. Joe, what um, you know, as, as you've been listening here... Um, you know, add some of your insights on some of the things that we've been talking about over the last couple minutes.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. Jim said at the uh, beginning here, he said that he forgets more than he learns. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sitting here <clears throat> with a pad of paper with notes like that. I'm looking in front of him. He's doing all this from his mind. Yeah, right? he's just, I'm sitting here writing form. notes as well. I know, you and I both. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I'm looking at him. He's he, he's and just regurgitating it's crazy it to it off, me. Yeah. I'm going. This is crazy. This form. I know he's taught this before, but just I just wrote it down yeah. too, and reminded me. And I've heard him even say this, right? Mm-hmm. But he is unbelievable at that and asking questions. I've seen him do it. I see him do it with with me. That's why he builds that trust in, mm-hmm. and everything. So um, it was just hilarious that as this stuff is regurgitated out from you, uh, how good you really are with people. And that's why you have the businesses that you have. But. Uh, going back to uh, you know having all the fun having people want to be around people Bob mm-hmm. people want to be successful they naturally they want that and what no matter what you do in life being an entrepreneur gives you all of that mm-hmm. you just have to be hungry enough you have to be energetic enough you have to want something bad enough to be able to go get it so if it's freedom like i make jokes all the time that i'm i'm getting older now you Mm -hmm. know and i just turned 56 years old and and maybe most of my life might be behind me and as we get closer um to the end of life on earth here that things are more special now Mm -hmm. and you know how many people are thinking that same exact thing right now Mm -hmm. and so as these podcasts as people are learning from this podcast and other information, mm-hmm. that is so pivotal with someone's success and there's just their well being anyway here. You know, so I, I I applaud you for putting this podcast together, the success you're having with it, Bob. Seriously, the information. Um I love it. I think it's very. Uh, I think people, if they tune in and get this and and utilize it in their own life, it could be a blessing. Just like what Jim's talking about here with all this, uh, with form and the three successes of. I mean, that's that's gold. And uh, you learn more from people like that for sure. Well, thank you for those kind words, I mean, I've. Uh, really enjoyed,
0: Uh, it's easy for me. I just uh, just set up the studio, get a couple microphones out and get uh, smart and accomplished uh, individuals like you. Your wives have uh, both been on uh, the program in the past. And so I I just get to ask questions and then write notes and listen. (laughs) I get to uh, live and learn uh, from your all's life experiences. So it's uh, quite a blessing for me to be able to do this and get a front row seat with a bunch of incredible individuals. Um, Speaking of entrepreneurship, you said you said something just a second ago and you said oh, it was you know people want to be successful people want to uh ha, uh scale up and you know have success in life and i think that that was has been a part of the american dream right it's part of the american dna and i saw some research recently that stated that um in social mobility and income mobility has been a very big part of the American dream, meaning where you are born, almost every generation in America, tracking all the way back to the founding of our country, each generation did better than their parents. And that this is the first generation in American history where this generation is expected to do worse than their parents. It's like the American dream is going in reverse. And what I've shared with my children is I said, guys, if you want to have a successful life, if you want to, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? Right. So, Jim, you know, the, the last one on form, what, what are your, I'm asking my kids, what's your motivation? What do you, what do you guys want to accomplish? I want to figure out, uh, as a dad, how can I help my children? And one of the things I've shared with them is like, guys, you're not going to be able to air quotes here, employee your way to getting those things, right? Being, becoming, and nothing wrong with being an employee, working for a great company. But if if you're wanting to radically change the course of your life, a lot of times I believe, especially in this new generation, it is going to require not just having one job, but it's going to require having multiple jobs. That's going to be it's going to require having being in the gig economy, being having a side gig, being an entrepreneur. And so, um, what would you share with people who? You know, if we're, if we're now living in that type of environment where entrepreneurship is going to be absolutely critical for people to have the American dream and to scale up and do well, what would be you – know, you being an entrepreneur for many, many years, having been involved in many various businesses, are there any uh, insights, any keys? I mean, we've been talking a lot today uh, about uh, little tips, little uh, – we'll call them maybe entrepreneur hacks – but what are uh, things that you would share with people to help them uh, either start the journey or have success on that journey?
2: That's a great question. Bob and I, I have two adult children myself, and I always tell them I said, the people you hang around with depends on your success. So look at the people you're hanging around with, look mm-hmm. at the people you're um, associating with. Those are, if that's what you want to, um, your income level will be in that mm-hmm. that range or whatever it is five years from now, then that's fine. But if you if you uh, have people around you that are successful, you'll become naturally successful. So I truly think it's get away from all the negative that's out there. Mm-hmm. Get away from all the negative Nancys that are out there. Mm-hmm. Have positive in your life. Be around people that truly want you to win, and you'll know that. Mm-hmm. You'll. Some people say, well, how do I know if they truly? You'll know. You'll feel it. You can feel people. authenticity, yeah. can't you? You sure can. You can't fake it. So I tell my uh, adult kids all the time, and they're both thriving in their mm-hmm. careers, um, and they're, they're both entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, also, but it's because they're starting to realize that when you're hanging around people who have this like minded success mm-hmm. as you do, you'll all succeed together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great, great one.
1: Yeah. So the number one problem people don't succeed, I believe, mm-hmm. is they accept their own excuses. And there's a great book, Magic of Thinking Big, right? It's an old book. Yeah. But chapter two in that book, is lab- it's titled Excusitis. And if, you're an entre- if you are striving to be an entrepreneur, um, the number one thing you have to do is stop accepting your excuses, right? To get everything you want in that forum, family, mm-hmm. occupation, recreation, motivation, you can't accept excuses, right? Um, I've always been a non-excuse kind of guy, And um, I think it's because my parents gave me tough love and made Mm -hmm. me earn everything. So you have to figure out ways. Um, A lot of times when I'm talking business with people, they tell me things like, well, I'm afraid of success or I'm this, I'm that. Okay, well, stop it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I know it's not that easy, but you're accepting your own excuses. Mm -hmm. And excuses will keep you where you're at. That's not even true. Excuses will make you... um, poor and not only money but in time and relationships it's mm. gonna your excuses are gonna damage you long term right mm-hmm. and that's part of the power of compounding so if anything anybody out there striving to be an entrepreneur is um, if you come up with an excuse find a way to squash it find a way to get around it fix it not you know not don't buy into it um, I, I could have bought into an excuse I didn't like to talk to people mm-hmm. I didn't like to meet new people I'm an introvert right right totally you know and Um, I like to tell people what to do. Well, in my line of work, I can't tell people what to do. I have to be extroverted. Um, I have to put a smile on my face um, even when I'm hurting, right? Uh, So, you know, it's I couldn't accept my excuses if I wanted to win. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too this, I'm too that. I'm not educated. Well, let me tell you, I have a high school education. Um, I copied and cheated all the way through high school. I'm not proud of that, but I I hated schoolwork Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel it was going to help me Get what I wanted, mm-hmm. you
0: know. Um, you could, you you weren't connecting the dots how this was going to help you accomplish your hopes and dreams and so forth. Right. Yeah. What's the point? Why,
1: why am I taking this earth science class? Because I had to. I don't. Mm-hmm. I I I, I, had, I I'm not going to be in, do anything with earth science. Right? Mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to do anything with um, math. Why did mm-hmm. I have to learn geog- geometry, all that stuff? And and I learned it, but you know what? I forgot it too. <laughs> right. Um. But I. But and, and don't take this the wrong way. But I haven't had a job in eighteen years, right? Almost 18 years. And that's because I think that you said it earlier, the number one thing to success is relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not, um, I think you should be educated, but educated in the stuff that's going to help you. Um, Don't learn a bunch of stuff that you're never going to use, right? It's just going to cloud you uh, Mm -hmm. or it's going to slow you down, right? So, but I think the number one thing for an entrepreneur, especially a striving entrepreneur, just want to be, don't accept your own Mm -hmm. excuses, Right,
0: yep. there's always going to be a problem. You have to figure out how to fix it. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, I've learned in my career is that, as as I look back, I, I'm a world class storyteller to myself. Right, like if we can create. These uh, narratives—I call it, you know a narrative or a story about. Well, the reason uh, this is happening is because of this, and you and I will create this great narrative. And then what I've needed is for someone to, the, uh, like a coach, a mentor, a friend, and say, uh, "Bob, you know that story that you're telling yourself? You know that narrative that you've created? Uh, actually, that's just an, that's an excuse that you've bought into, and it's a false narrative. That's not real." You're just you you are you've you've created that and you're believing that because psychologically that's creating a safety net for you. But what you need to do is that is a false narrative. And I've had some really close friends and a good mentor, a good coach that have called me on it and said, no, 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 no. Strike that. I'm like, oh. And so your point here is spot on. And. You know, all of us, I believe, can be world-class excuse makers, narrative and storytellers. And sometimes we need a friend. Sometimes we need a coach or a mentor to kind of like uh, poke the balloon a little bit and pop it and say, "No, no, no, that's a false narrative." That's right. Let's. And so, for for people who are listening, if you. Um, what Jim has just shared is absolutely spot on. Don't allow excuses to derail your hopes and dreams and what you want to accomplish in life. And sometimes you need a friend to speak truth to you, to share truth and say, you know what? I know you think that, You know this is limiting. I know you think that you're not going to be able to have success because of X, Y, and Z. You know, you weren't born in the right family. You don't have the right resources. You don't have this. You don't have that. Oh my goodness, we've had COVID, right? There's a million excuses that we can uh, create, and sometimes it just takes a close friend, someone that you trust, someone that you have a relationship with, to say, No, 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 that, that don't buy into that. Well, you just hit it. If you don't have a relationship with that person, mm-hmm. you can't tell them that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where it all starts. Well, we've come we've come full circle. We started talking about relationships. We've talked a whole lot uh, th- this afternoon, and uh, come all the way coming back to relationships once again. Relationships is the key to business. Um, I you know I think relationships is the key to life as well right like uh, I think about the things that I enjoy doing if i, if I uh, uh, think about our our milestones the thing, the the things when we want to celebrate like a birthday, a a milestone, uh something monumental in life, um, something fun if we've had a success, if you're all by yourself. Alone in a room, it's like it's it's that's not fun. I want to. I what do you want to do? You want to enjoy those moments with friends, with family, with relationships. Jim, you have highlighted multiple books today. I've written them down. Uh, First and foremost, you highlighted DNA of Relationships by Smalley. You highlighted Speed of Trust by Covey. You've uh, talked about Magic of Thinking Big. Uh, Remind me the author. David Schwartz. David Schwartz. Uh, Joe, you have any uh, books that, uh, off the top of
2: your your head, that you'd like to? highlight yeah right I mean we've read a lot of books over the years yeah. and I'm like Jim well what he says anyway that I I have to keep on rereading I reread a lot of books right now I'm um I'm finishing up how how to fail in almost everything and still win big by, oh. by Scott Adams how to fail in almost everything and still win big yeah and I was suggested by uh one of uh one of my business associates about it. it's an excellent book I'm finishing that up right now but what I'm studying is radical candor by Kim Kim Scott. Nice. And so, um, uh, you know, I think as we re- sometimes we read through books, uh, I just think it's important to study them. And sometimes I'll listen to them on the audio, but I also study them by reading them and highlighting everything. So I have to I have to keep that in front of me an hour a day myself because mm-hmm. it's too easy to get busy on something else. Right. But um, you just got to keep. It. I know one thing: as we get older, if we can keep our brains and our and our thoughts. Uh, in tune, mm-hmm. the rest of our body might diminish a little bit. Right. Well, not not yet. Not not, not you guys. <laughs> That's right. But no. But our mind. If we keep our mind sh- sharp, sharp, we're going to last a long time. Yeah. So uh, those are two things I'm reading and studying right now. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure that those
0: are in the show notes. And uh, so, guys, I just hey. I just want to say thank you. You know, it's been enjoyable not only having some uh, fun with you guys over the last couple of days and going down to Garland Mountain doing some uh, sporting clays, uh, but also just being able to hang out, learn from you, uh, you've been able to ask questions as we've been driving down and driving back. And, you know, we cooked out last night and then having some time in the office today. Um, you guys are both world-class at building relationships with people you're both world-class entrepreneurs uh, and i would just say as a a friend you guys are also world-class friends so i just want to say thank you it's been enjoyable having you on the program and look forward to having you guys back thanks bob yeah thanks bob it was a lot of fun hanging around with you yourself you're
1: world-class in all your areas of your life man appreciate you
0: all right well hey thank you so much Today's episode was engineered and produced by Jeremy Going. A special thanks to our very special guests, Joe D'Arcangelo and Jim Martin. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out over on Spotify. And if you liked the show, please recommend it to a friend and give us a review. That's always extremely helpful. Thanks for listening to Taking the Leap Podcast. We'll be back later with more interviews of leaders, business owners, shakers and movers, and people taking leaps and doing very interesting things in life and business. And finally, as we close, a very special shout out to all the Bonvera entrepreneurs around the country who are preparing and game planning for the October National Training Event in Independence, Missouri. I'm super excited to see you there. We're planning on a whole host of special guest speakers and special rollouts and things that we're going to be doing there. So it's very exciting. Looking forward to seeing you guys in person, and we will see you very soon. Take care and God bless.